Okay, let's bring in a guy who brings plenty of sunshine. Preet Banerjee <laughs> is here for the morning brief. Nice to have you, sir. Good morning, John. Somebody was uh, faulting me a while ago and saying, you really should say that Preet's in London, because that's amazing. And when I say London, I mean, you're in England. Uh, that's right, although I did grow up in London, Ontario, so I've can say I'm from both. There you go. Well, I'll tell you, remarkable audio quality for a guy who is across the pond, as pretentious people would say. <laughs> um, let's talk about some of the day's big stories, one of them being Torontonians are apparently going to be paying more for water and waste collection next year. And I guess a lot of people are probably just sort of shrugging their shoulders and going, fine, bring it on. Here's another thing that's getting more expensive. Well, yeah, and, you know, the increase at 3% actually didn't find all that shocking, given that inflation yeah. is around that level. So it actually seems kind of appropriate. But, of course, every new cost or increase in cost is never really welcome. Um, so, yeah, not really super newsworthy. It's just another thing to pile on to the ever-growing li ever list of things that are just getting more expensive all the time. The province is going to be releasing its business case for moving the Science Centre to Ontario Place. I'm not sure I need a business case. Preet. I mean, it's just something they want to do. It strikes me as a bit capricious, and I also really don't care. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Uh, I was at the London Science Museum here in England on Monday, and uh, I, I remember just how awesome those experiences were as a kid going to the Ontario Science Centre. It really inspired a lot of people and really, you know, engaged them about, about science. But one thing I'll notice, talking about business cases, is that the London Science Museum, as are most museums here, completely free. Whereas the Ontario Science Centre is, I think it's 22 bucks per adult and less for kids. So, um, if anything, the only thing I would say is I would actually prefer to stay out of the downtown core. It just seems like there's so much going on in the downtown yeah. core. And when I think about when I lived right downtown, all I would think about is so more traffic and congestion. Like, can we keep some stuff out of the core? And I will second your nomination, incidentally, of what an amazing place. When I was a kid, I, you know, you know, I grew up in Montreal, so we'd come to visit my grandmother here in Toronto. She would take us to the Science Centre, and my brother and I just thought it was the most exciting thing we had ever seen in our lives. Yep. Yep. So much fun. So, uh, parents are upset that they only found out there had been a couple of swastikas painted inside a bathroom at a Toronto District School Board school. They only found out when their kids told them. Um, I won't say I'm an agnostic on this file, but I also think there's a bit of pearl clutching. I mean, that's an unfortunate situation. But if the principal has to send a letter home every single time there is vandalism in the school, that's a bit much. Yes, I, I agree that, you know, with every single incident, maybe it might be a bit much, but there are certain thresholds, and I think this one passes that threshold for me, because I heard from uh, a child that, hey, listen, there's a spate of hate crimes going on in the school with swastikas being painted on people's lockers. That's well above the threshold. So I agree, not everything needs to be reported to the parents. Parents went to schools themselves, and they know that things have changed. But something like that, I am surprised that they took the decision that, you know, we're going to hold this one back and let the kids tell them about this. I, I thought that was a huge mistake. So um, you're a personal finance guy. That's your speciality. So this kind of falls in your wheelhouse. A new survey on immigration finds three in four Canadians think it's worsening our housing crisis. I think that's 
an issue worth talking about because we keep on talking about being in a housing crisis, Preet, and then the next you know, trough is everybody says, well, we've got 500,000 new people coming to the province of Ontario. We got to build these houses. We never ask the question as to whether the, you know, the flow or stream or the numbers are correct. Yeah, no, it's a great point. And, you know, a few years ago, uh, a lot of people had been sort of saying, hey, you know, the the rate of increase of people in, in the province and in the country due to immigration has been massive, you know, higher than what we have ever seen in a long, long time. And when people started to ask those questions and point that stuff out, and I'm talking three, four years ago, they were labeled as racist because they were apparently anti-immigration. I think after a few years of people seeing the data uh, and showing just how prevalent immigration Immigration has been compared to the rate of, you know, construction and new home supply. Uh, there's such a mismatch that people are like, well, yeah, of course this makes sense. There's just so many more people and not enough new homes being built. What else would you expect, especially given low interest rates? So uh, it's definitely a factor. And I think it's one of the, you know, the policy tools that the government has. I think just in the last 24, 48 hours, the finance minister was going on about, listen, we can't solve this affordability crisis by throwing more money at it. Well, you also have other policy tools. And this is one that they should consider looking at more seriously. And I know that they put it on the table, but it's high time to do something about it and not just talk about it. Yeah, and I don't know where the figures have ever come from. I guess maybe the government has offered some justification as to why we went. We used to take in just over 200,000 newcomers every year. And I'm not talking about refugees. We're just talking about newcomers. And then we ended up with $500,000 in the last, or 500,000 people in the last couple of years. And again, I'm not sure where this intense need came from. I know people always say, well, who's going to pay for your pension? Well, I am. Thanks. I'm good. Yeah, and also uh, newcomers. And, and you're right, it's not just refugees. It's people who are, per, you know, uh, bringing in assets into the country and they're going to be spending money and they're going to boost the economy. I think a lot of people said, yeah, we need more of that. And that's going to be great for everyone. Well, not if they don't have a home to stay and not if you're bringing in people and they don't have the ability to put a roof over their head. It's a real problem. The federal liberals have admitted they don't have enough runway to get the Pharmacare bill delivered by the end of the year. That actually breaks the promise they made to the NDP. But I think we can be fairly sure, Preet, that the NDP is not going to grieve this because they don't want an election either. <laughs> right. And so, you know, I also, you know, the government's kind of out of money, uh, given the cost of uh, servicing the DES now ballooned, and that's been making the headlines in the last little while. But I did have questions about this, you know, confidence and supply deal. Um, you know, there are certain things that haven't been met uh, perpetually, but it looks like the, the liberals are maybe taking advantage of that, knowing that the NDP maybe doesn't want to trigger their shotgun clause here. And what do you make of this plan? It's very funny. Apparently, it was just sort of a fantasy project by an engineering student years ago for his master's degree. Now it is racing around on social media. The idea is a maglev line that would basically serve the entire East Coast. It's a lovely idea. Never going to happen. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely not. And the speeds quoted in, uh, you know, that article talking about the, the theoretical speeds being something like 500 kilometers an hour. Fastest trains in Europe are 330 kilometers an hour. I know that in Japan, they've got ones that are going, I think, over 500. And China's got a plan for a train that'll do 600 kilometers an hour. But to go from, what are we doing now? Like 100 and change? Sometimes. 500? Usually the traffic <laughs> yeah. on the 401 is moving faster than my Via train. 
Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, wishful thinking. Even the guy who came up with this said, yeah, listen, this is probably never going to happen. Yeah, we're reaching out to him, though, because I'd love to talk about it. I, I like concepts like this. Preet, thanks a lot. Good to have you. Thank you, John. Preet Banerjee, you can learn more about Preet. His website is Money Gaps, 